Light Heart Pain Podcast. Hello, you're locked in to the White Heart Pain Podcast. It's episode eight. A little bit more cheerful than the last two episodes. Three points in the bag, a clean sheet, um, away at Villa Park. Um, a ground, surprisingly, we haven't got that bad a record of um, performing at. And um, no, it was great, great to pick up three points yesterday and start the week. Um, start the week with three points. Um, but I am joined by the usual mobs. Yeah, we didn't. I think last couple of episodes, I didn't even have the chance to go around and ask who everyone was, like I normally do. But um, how, how are we all doing tonight, gents? Everyone all right? Mm. Yeah, not bad. Good. Mm-hmm. All, all good, good mate. Good, good, good. So, yes. Um, where do we start? Two goals. Um, definitely the reaction we were looking for. Um, obviously, still room for improvement. I think I think probably the best place to start would probably be that start in 11. Um, and just how we've, we've, we've actually switched it up a little bit, which was refreshing to see. Um I guess, Dan, I'd love to get your thoughts. I can hear you breathing heavily in the background there, mate. You sound like you're eager to get involved this evening. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it was nice to see some players absent um, from that starting eleven yesterday that have played in recent games and have been pretty poor, to be honest. It was nice to see... Um, the opportunity given to some of the young lads. Uh, I thought Tanganga had a good game and I think it was quite apparent after about 10 minutes that he was going to offer us more going forward and defensively than we've seen from Aurier and uh, Doherty in recent weeks. So that was really positive. Uh, and I thought Rodon had a really good game as well. And um, I'm all for anyone who keeps Dyer out of the team, to be honest. So uh, fair play, play to the pair of them. And again, um, you know, it, I'm sure we all mentioned it, and it was mentioned on the TV yesterday, but, but Lucas Moore, another great game from him, just showing that um, he still really wants to fight and play for the play for the team. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure everyone's in that boat, but certainly from, from Moore's perspective, he did, and it was it was great to see. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Moore, I think we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group, but his attitude has kind of really shined through and you kind of go back to when he first joined, um, you know, he even really couldn't even get in and get a regular run in the side with Potts to begin with. Um, and I think we were all, we were all like, why can't he, why can't he get a run of games? And then um, obviously had that night, night in Holland that we, we will never forget. And um, again, mental attitude, just, you know, strong willed, missed out on the final, he could have thought, sod this club, you know. But again, you know, new manager coming in, um, started a bit, and then Bergwijn kind of got the, the nod over him for a, for a big portion of the season, and now he seemed to have kind of worked his way back in. So I think honourable shout-out, and just, you know, in terms of, um, you know, if there's any youngsters who want to get in the game and can look at mentality and those types of characteristics that you need to, to be a professional footballer, um, I think he, uh, yeah, he's shining, shining light as a great example there. Um, doesn't get himself in trouble, does he? I don't, I, don't, I can't remember last time he got booked. Um, 
always plays with a smile in his face. He's always getting involved in the charity work with Spurs as well, with the social team. He's just all in all kind of good, generally, generally lovely bloke. Um, but yeah, moving back to the game, um, Paul, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you and Dan both said there. Uh, you made some very good points and Mora, who again was excellent yesterday. Um, but just going back to the starting lineup, it was so good to see Tanganga in a side and Rodon as well. Because when I have seen them play, I don't, I don't ever see them do anything wrong. So why don't they get more of an opportunity? It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. So it was good to see them both play yesterday. Uh, solid performance from them both. Um, and yeah, it was a, a forgettable game of football, wasn't it? We, we won't live long in the memory, but happy we got the result. We definitely needed it. Um, and Vinicius as well. Great to see him start and get a goal as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely great to see the start and getting, see, again, see the goal. You can see how much it meant to him with the celebration as well. Um, been knocking on the door for far too long to get his opportunity in the Premier League. Um, yeah, and on, and, on, and on the opportunities to, you know, with the youngsters, I thought it was also great to see, um, you know, the young young lads of um, Dane Scarlett and Alfie Devine. I know, I know they didn't actually um, get on. Um, but great to see them make the Premier League bench and experience match day. Um, I think for the first time, which is which is great. You know, that's that's what it's all about when you're 16, 17. Um, you know, experiencing experience that is only going to stand them in good stead. Um, yeah, moving on, Spencer. Yeah, I think the lads have have highlighted the standout players, uh, Tanganga and Rodon Amora. Um, I do think the, the starting eleven felt a bit like desperation from Mourinho in so much as if he went with that team and it didn't work out, what else can he do? That was my, my thinking that Jose would have just said, well, look, I've made wholesale changes and we're still not winning. So it did feel like a bit of desperation from Jose, but thankfully it paid off. Um, Aston Villa controlled the majority of the first half, but didn't really do anything. I was expecting... A bit more from them, to be honest, uh, in terms of creating chances. And then I think we scored at the right time. And then after the second, completely controlled the game. But when we're talking about Mora, who, like you said, has just such a good attitude, you know you're going to get 110% from him week in, week out. I think the polar opposite of that is, is Musa Sissoko. Um, I can't stand him. He, he's fucking miserable. Have you ever seen him smile? I think he's got a really bad attitude. And for whatever reason, and I know a few of the lads agree, just not got much to base on, but he just strikes me as a really bad egg uh, amongst the team. And I think if I had my way, he'd be first out the door. Um, yeah, he's got to go. Just came on and just walking around. The only, good he's, the only thing he's good at is, is sort of running around. He's not got any sort of technical ability and he couldn't even be bothered to do that. So, yeah, get rid yeah, it's interesting because he was someone a couple of seasons ago you would have said gave 100% because that's all he, that was all a part of his game, you know, and the Spurs fans that that season where he, um, I think he got player of the year, you know, it was like, you can't knock his effort. Like, that's why the fans kind of applauded him and sung his name because he kind of turned it around from that work ethic perspective. But it's kind of gone. And as you said, it's kind of like, is he a bad egg? There was... The, the whole piece with um, 
the Amazon Prime documentary and um, Mourinho being shocked that he had, um, you know, quite a lot of um, um, clout within the uh, dressing room. Um, but yeah, great shout and interesting to hear, yeah, your thoughts on that that kind of the the, the starting eleven was a almost like a last ditch attempt of you know redemption, I guess. Um, interesting thoughts there. Um, Duve, you've been critical of Harry Kane last couple of games. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the away well, away result of Villa? Yeah, um, I was pleased that Grealish didn't play because I think we would have had a different game. Um, probably wouldn't have got it all our own way had Grealish played, but I guess the boys can only play who's in front of them. Um, I think you're right about last-ditch saloon. You know, crikey, I've got to pick a team. Who's it going to be? But the lads, they did turn up and um, it was good to see the new faces in there and they didn't let us down at all did they um, I mean they they were putting their art on the line I mean especially towards the end throwing themselves in front of the, the ball you know which as fans that's what we want to see um, so that was good um, yeah for Vinny as well to be you know get a goal and we all saw what it meant to him um, I hope that uh, he gets another crack at Newcastle in a couple of weeks because he deserves it. Um, Hoiberg, it was good to see him back. Yeah, we missed him. It gets Mourinho off the hook for another couple of weeks, I'm afraid. But um, we caught Villa at a good time. That's about it from me, Stu. Yeah, fair summary. I think, um, obviously, we've called out a couple of people who's had good games. I wanted to get the opinions. I'm sure Dan will have an opinion on this, but um the Celso being brought into the team, I know he's been out he's been out for a long time, but um I, I, something's still not quite right with that bloke and I I, I, I just you know I, yes he's just come back from injury but um yeah Dan I wanted to get your opinions on on how you thought the Celso played coming back into the team there. Because obviously he yeah. came on. He came on as a substitute during the week, but um... yeah, yeah. You, you said something's not quite right with him, and I, and I think I know exactly what it is. And it's he's not good enough. And uh, I think it's as simple as that. And and if it's not the case, then then um, uh, I've 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 yet to be be con- convinced otherwise. And and I know a couple of the lads in our group disagree with, disagree with me and think he had a really he was really good just before we. Um, before we were just after lockdown when we were playing the end of last season, but I don't think he was really good. I just think he was an okay, he was okay when the rest of them were absolute dog shit because we didn't turn up, did we? Uh, after the um, you know after the sort of lockdown for, for quite a bit, and I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not convinced by him. I didn't think he was very good when he came on the other night. Um, so why the hell he decided to? to start him I don't know and it just it smacks a desperation from Jose and I think Spencer was spot on with what he said a minute ago about we get you know it was it was it was desperation last chance saloon and, and I'm fine with that drop players that aren't aren't playing and aren't dedicated to it but 
I think we all know that when we look at that team and we look at players that weren't trying, and Sissoko is definitely one of those players. So why the fuck do you then go and decide to bring him on for the last 10 minutes? Because it's, it's kind of like, I'm going to drop you because you, you, I don't like your attitude and it stinks, but I will still bring you on. And it's like, well, I don't get that at all. And I think there's pl- it would have been, been a much bigger statement, 2-0 up. No chance of probably throwing away that, that 2-0 lead because Villa didn't lay a glove on us. Um, and bringing on one of the 16-year-old lads and making a real statement about it, rather than bringing back Sissoko, who, by the way, came on for eight minutes and was, again, fucking shit. And trying to do a back flick with, like, two minutes to go in the corner and giving the ball away when he had two or three easy to, options to pass to, yeah. just sums up uh, Sissoko's attitude at the moment. So, got a message for you, Sissoko. Fuck off out of our club. No one wants you here, you piece of fucking shit. And that's me done, mate. <laughs> We don't want oh. you in our club, mate. If you if you don't <laughs> if you can have a one-off game and not do it, fine. But don't do it three, four, five fucking games. Not show up and and don't even fucking care because it's disrespectful to the fans. Yeah, I don't care what you think about Josie. Yeah, I, I think you're right, mate. I think um, you know we we need we need you know Lamella and Amores and people are going to fight for the fight for the badge, right? I think um, I think he's run his course. Um, you know, he, he's never been a proper, proper Spurs player. I think he had that one season, as I say earlier, that kind of he got, he, he wasn't even that great. He just tried hard and, you know, Spurs fans appreciated that. But he's just gone backwards as a player. A lot like a lot of other players that Mourinho has taken on and gone backwards. And we've spoke about it a lot over the episodes on this pod since we started last month. Um, we've had a couple of other Obviously, subs that came on, Steve Bergwijn and um, and Ben Davis as well. Anybody got any opinions on just like how you felt the other boys come, who came on did when they came on? Anyone want to jump in? Spent? Um, I think I can't remember what time they both come on at one nil or two. Just ineffective, really. I mean, you don't you're not really asking for much from from Ben Davis. But again, I think Bergwijn's had an opportunity to come on when we're winning and, and show what he can do. And he's just, he's just so really quite ineffective. I don't know if he's short of short on confidence because he is young and, and, you know, we've not been playing particularly well, but like the jury is still massively out on him. But I, I do think we need to give him a chance because from time to time you do see glimpses, but it does make me think where we'd be or how much better we'd have done if, if Mora did start a lot earlier in the season when Bergwijn just seemed to have this massive run of games where you know that seemed to coincide with our poor form. Um, ben Davis, I, I don't think he's good enough and he's just another player that we've had to put up with for, for, for too long now. Uh, just like Sissoko and Dyer. I think there's five or six players that we just need to get rid of. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I'd love to get people's opinions on kind of the exclusion of Bale from the first eleven and not getting any sub time as well. Um, obviously, Delhi as well was in that bracket in terms of just making a sub sprint and not not getting on. But obviously, Bale's started to started to hit the back of the net. You know, pretty much every game he was playing in. Um. Yeah, be interesting. Anybody got any thoughts on 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 why Bale was dropped? And like, do you, do you think that's it for him now? Do you, you know do we think 
he's going to be out of the team again like he was before. Are we going to are we going to bring him back to to the club? Um, you know, you need to come off mute, Duve. You need to come off mute. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, mate. I think it's Mourinho just being Mourinho. He's done. Yeah. He's done it. He's done it throughout the season to players. Um, I think Bell could be back, and and Delhi because <laughs> I'm not to say that the, the lads that played against Aston Villa are going to have their own way now to the end of the season. No way, he's going to have to change it. So that's you know that's where your Bell and your Delhi Alley come in. Yeah, I don't think he'll write them off. I think it was, I don't know, he's just trying to tell them that he's the boss. You know, I can do this to you. I'll bring you back when I feel like you deserve it. I guess. Whether it'd be good to get some input from the other guys. Yeah, what, what yeah do you... I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on the bail situation because after the midweek game against Zagreb, Jose talked a lot about attitude and X, Y and Z. And then I think, <laughs> can we read into that? based on his team selection on, on Sunday. So the players that he's left out, are, are they the ones that haven't got the right attitude? Or is it just Jose being Jose? It's, it's a tough one for me on the Bale situation because is his heart really in it? Do you know, it's, it's, it's a really difficult situation for, for, for me with Bale and I can't quite call it. Um, because yes, he has played well, you know, the past five, six games where, where he's been involved. But, is he really the sort of player that you want when your backs are against the wall? Has he got that that fight and attitude and, and willingness that we need? I I don't know. I'm not Spence, sure. I think he I think he has, mate, and I think we see. You know, he's he single handedly won Champions League finals. I know we can say, oh, this is a few years back, but when you're a winner, you're a win winner, aren't you? You know, and I I just see that if we don't, if you know, it, I I think it's absolutely all about um, Jose, and I think that. You know, if we don't sign Bale back again next year and extend that loan, we'll see him go to another club and he'll rip it up and we'll all go, fuck's sake, why didn't we keep him? And and it'll all come back on Jose because it's what Jose does, isn't it? He falls out with big players. He did, he's done it everywhere he's gone. And, you know, I'm I'm not um, I'm not Pogba's biggest fan, to be honest, but, you know, having seen, seen what Pogba can do and what he's capable of doing and single-handedly winning games, a bit like he did in the, in the Europa League game last week, you know, that's that's what Jose likes to break people, doesn't he? And and feel feel like he's in control. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's an odd one. But you know, personally for me, I want to I want to see Bale back next season because I think we've seen enough of him in the last few games. And we were only on this podcast two weeks ago saying, what the hell happened for the first half of the season? Then, well, you know, what 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 we've we all kind of doubted. We started to believe what Jose was saying about Bale, and then we've suddenly seen it four, five, six games. And, you know, I, I thought Bale got a bit of a hard gate, hard time on Thursday night because he was by far not our worst player. He was getting no service. He was getting none of the balls. So how, how, can it, how can it all be Bale's, seem to be Bale's fault? And he seems to have taken a lot of the, the slack and I think the criticism that's come from Josie, whether it's directly been aimed at, at uh, Bale or been interpreted by the media that is aimed at Bale. It seems like Bale's the one that's come out of this as the... As, as the bad guy again, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I, I believe that sort of rhetoric from Jose. I'm afraid. Yeah, fair comment. Another another thing that's kind of divided opinion was the, Larice interview after the the game um, on Thursday, during the week when we went out. Um, 
wanted to get people's views. I think um, I think some people appreciated him coming out, and and some some of the team, sorry, some of the other supporters, you know, weren't impressed with what he said. Paul, Paul, have you got some opinions on on kind of? You know, Larice at the moment, and I think we've spoke about it on the pod quite a few times. I know Dan's been vocal that he's he's not he's not sure he's been um you know he's been captain material ever really, and he's been our skipper since 2015. I think it's been a good six years now. He's worn the armband. Um, yeah, I'd love to get thoughts on that, Paul. Yeah, um, I mean personally, I I. Didn't mind him coming out and having a dig at the players, but I yeah, you know, I'd love to have seen him be a leader on the pitch as well. So I'm not um, excusing him from that because I don't think there was, I don't think there's any leaders on the pitch the other day uh, against Zeno. It was a grip. It was a horrendous, horrendous game. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't mind him coming out and calling out players because I feel like it has to be done. Um, and the, you know, after the game, he's going to be emotional. He's going to be pissed off, and you know, he called it a disgrace, but you know, if, if that's what it needs, some of these people need to have a, a long, hard look at themselves. I think Spurs fans, you know, they they want to know who's not playing for this shirt. And I, I mean, as much as we don't like Jose Mourinho, you know, it, we've seen players down tools before and it's it's the same players who let down the previous manager. So I want to see these fucking pricks held to task and, you know, taken to task by the captain. And I want to, you know, I want to see players call it out. I don't, you know, we saw last year when Lloris called out Son for not chasing back. I was like, yeah, fair play to him. Should, you know, it doesn't look great when you see like these players fall out publicly, but you do want to see players fight for shirt. Um, look, I mean, I'm not going to defend Lloris in terms of being captain. I don't want him to be captain. I'd, I'd love it if it to be Kane, somebody on the outfield being a leader. But I, I, I didn't have a problem with that interview. Um, I think straight after the game, it made, made sense. He was obviously high in the emotion. Uh, and he ended up so yeah, I mean, I'm, I know other people in the group disagreed, so I'll let them have their say. But that—that that was my take on it. Thanks. Well, hindsight's a hindsight's a beautiful thing because <laughs> asking me before the game yesterday, I wasn't particularly happy with his comments, and I've got no issues with with that from time to time. But I think he went too far in terms of his criticism. But like I say hindsight's a, a beautiful thing because perhaps it has had the effect that it needed because obviously we went on to win on Sunday but I think before the game I thought it would have just given Aston Villa a bit more ammunition to see that you know we were out of sorts and in disarray and disharmony amongst the squad um, but yeah we went on to win the game so <laughs> it's a difficult one um, but yeah fuck it players need to be told don't they when they're not performing so yeah I think all things considered, now I can actually assess it after the next game because I was really worried before the game that it would have a, a, a negative effect. Perhaps that is what they need from time to time, uh, just to rock it up the arse. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Um, so yeah, I think we've covered off a lot of the game. I think who shone, who, who potentially didn't, but you know, clean sheet, three points is... All we can ask for in a career-defining a career-defining week, a season-defining week, career-defining for some of the players. Um, yeah, and I think I'd love to kind of get people's thoughts on rest of season because I know there's this whole talk of oh, we're three points behind fourth. 
listen, Everton have still got to play. Um, and if they win their game, they'll go above us. And yes, we'll still be three points behind fourth, I think. But yeah, we, we've got some big games coming up. We're, we are, you know, we're not mightily in form at all. But, um, you know, we've got, we've got Newcastle um, after the international break um, at the start of April. Um, United at home. Um, Everton away and then we've got the cup final and somewhere we're going to be playing Southampton in the remaining fixtures I'm hoping it will be around potentially around the time they got their FA Cup semi-final because that would be beneficial for us if they can rest a couple of players um, and then we've got after the uh, League Cup final we've got Sheffield United Leeds away uh, Wolves at home Villa at home and Leicester away. So, I mean, the home fixtures, you call out United, Sheffield United, Wolves and Villa. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see us pick nine, at least nine points out of that. Um, but for me, it's, yeah, tra- travelling away. We've got Newcastle are fighting for their lives. You know, you know they're going to be up for it. Everton are fighting for their first you know, Champions League finish for God knows how long um, when Moisey was in charge, I think. Um, and Leicester City playing for kind of second place last game of the season away as well and throwing in the hat Leeds away as well, which are, which are you never know what Leeds side are going to turn up. So I, I don't know, there's, it's a weird fixture list there. I just wanted to gather our thoughts from, from the lads on kind of, aside from the League Cup final, you know, how do you feel like the season's going to do? You know, is is that Villa result going to turn it all around for us, or what's people's opinions, Dan? I think to be honest, mate, I think it's probably as favourable as the last ten games as you can sort of hope to have. Really, I think the the games that I fear is Leicester and United, and actually, United are in the later stages of Europa League, um, and. And the FA Cup and Leicester last game of the season. Well, that'll be the week before the FA Cup final. Hopefully, by then Leicester have sealed, wrapped up, and sealed top four. Yeah, so United are actually, out. You're not, yeah, United are out of the FA Cup though. But you're right. They, yeah, they're sorry, still, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah sorry, they're out of the FA Cup, yeah. but Europa. But um, I think that um, yeah, yeah, I, I think they 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 are actually all winnable games, mate. To be honest. And we should we should do quite well at the end of the season, but this is Spurs, and nothing's nothing on you. Know, it's as simple as it should look. But but actually, you know, say, you, you'd be flip, quite confident with that, wouldn't you? That's our most dangerous time in it when we when we think it's uh, plain sailing. But yeah, no, I I agree with you, mate, on some of those bits. I think um, I do feel like the home games are like as I say. I, I think yeah, if we if we can win all four, that would be great. But I I take you know nine or um, or eleven points out of those. I think if we can get you know three wins or three wins and a draw, off, sorry, not eleven points, um, ten points. Um, I think would be okay. I think that would set kind of momentum up for the away games. But um, yeah, it's not a bad one. Anybody else thoughts on kind of the, the running for the rest of the season, boys? After the um, international break, Spence. Yeah, I, I I think I've seen enough this season now, mate, to to, to not get carried away. Um, yes, we beat Villa, but it's, it's definitely not a turning point. No. I think it's such a misleading table. I I don't know how we're still up there, still within 
uh, you know, we've got a mathematical chance of finishing in the top four because it, and I don't know how we're only three points off Chelsea because it feels like, you know, we've been losing consistently for the last two months and all they've been doing is winning and not conceding goals. I don't know how it's, how it's still mathematically possible and we're still only three points off them. I think what will happen is just what's been happening all season. We'll beat Newcastle and we should beat them comfortably because they're, they're awful. They are really struggling. And then it will get to a game that matters, United at home, and, and we'll lose because that's what we've been doing. When, when push has come to shove this season, we've been falling so short. And is, is, Was yesterday the first time we've, we've beat a team in the top half at the time we've played them? Mm, probably. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. You know, yeah. you can beat all the all the shit at the bottom, but you know, you've got to occasionally mix it with the, the teams above you to, to to do anything. And I think that's that's where we'll fall short. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm far from convinced that that was a turning point, and I'm I'm almost certain we won't finish in the top four. Uh, to be honest, mate. Duve. Yeah, I'm pretty much in Spence camp really. While Mourinho's there. You know, we are going to blow hot and cold. He's going to upset players. They're going to fall out of love with the club, fall out of love with the team. So, yeah, I think it's going to be hit and miss. Win one, lose one, draw one. That's how I think we're going to stumble over the line and probably finish sixth. Yeah, I think we'll end up where we are now. I think we, we Everton, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Everton have um, obviously got the game in hand um, to go above us on forty nine points. Um, Villa are, have got a game in hand, but they're now seven points behind us. So there's a bit of a gap there, um, and Arsenal are six points behind us. So, I mean, West Ham are having the season of their <laughs> of their history and. Uh, we're one point behind them in the, probably the most dire one we've had in 10 years. So, says a lot, <laughs> doesn't it, really? It's funny that they're not going on about that 3-3 joy yesterday like they did against us. Fucking <laughs> but, um, look, I'll just add in one last bit as well. I, I'm with you guys on this completely. We're just not consistent enough to put a, a good run in towards the end of the season. I mean, it's, you know, it's not impossible, but I just cannot see us winning, say, seven or eight games of our last nine or whatever to get the points on the board. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, think, I kind of just want the season to end as well. So, yeah, we'll wait. See how we get on. See how we get on. All right, guys. Well, listen, always good to chat. Um, next game is Newcastle away Sunday, the 4th of April. Um, enjoy the break from Spurs. I think, I think everyone needs it. And um, Definitely. Yeah, we'll catch up next month. But um, as we always say, up Spurs. Always. How are you, Spurs? Always Spurs. <laughs>